Meanwhile, recorded live in the Lava Lamp Lounge, it's somewhere in between a radio zine. News, music, culture, stories, and more. This show is what we make of it, and hopefully you'll join us in the fun, too. Now let's get started. And welcome to throwing a little salt over your radio back. It's issue 19 at 11s and 13s. As of this recording, it is unlikely that this information could change between now and Friday the 13th when you are going to hear this. But... It is currently Veterans Day, and at this moment, it seems as if the election has been called for our new president, Joe Biden. Which I believe means our long national nightmare is finally over. Depending on which side of the fence you sit on. Regardless, it has been an interesting, well, week plus as all of this has unfolded not only to reveal the strange ins and outs of our particular political system that seems very strange now that we know more about it, but also it has been really revealing about who we are as people and what we want as Americans. There's a rather large number of us who were perfectly fine with our previous leader. And that group of people aren't leaving the country anytime soon. Perhaps this sounds similar to something I have said before, but as it becomes more and more established reality, who is in charge for the next block of time in a way that sort of underlines the kind of treatment we will all get as we are protesting for our particular causes in the coming years. We've certainly gotten an interesting taste of how Mr. Trump likes to treat this particular problem. And while I suspect it will be different under our new leader, Sometimes things change. It is interesting to live in an era where the progressives around you can be angry with how this election turned out when large swaths of middle America and people who are almost never represented in elections or in anything in the world around us have 
a tremendous amount to celebrate this time around. This election went in a very unusual and unforeseen way for many people. And while the particular blue wave that a lot of people on the left and, let's be frank, a lot of white people on the left were looking for didn't actually come in the way that it was supposed to, what did happen was even more astonishing. We now have a vice president who is a woman of color for the first time ever on both of those counts. Uh, they've all been white dudes before this. So uh, that's certainly something pretty spectacular. Not to mention that in a lot of local elections and many small places around the country, all sorts of people who are not old white men manage to take positions of power. And sure, our numbers are probably not any better balanced in the Senate than they used to be. And yeah, it's going to be a long four years as we try to slug out what national politics is going to look like and the COVID reality that we all swim within. But there's another angle to all of this in that whatever those struggles are going to be, they won't be quite as intense as they once were. I don't suspect that our new president will be the savior that we've all been looking for. But I do suspect, no matter how you slice it, that if we do want to complain about how things work, if we want to continue to protest in the way that we have, if we want to continue to try to make our voices heard so that we can make change, we are actually able to do so now. And that's actually a very big change than the way things were before. Certainly, this is not one of those situations where everybody got what they wanted. A lot of people have pointed to the research that illustrates that America tends to trend left on most issues, in spite of the fact that uh, the vocal minority on the right seems to think differently over and over again. And uh, this has a lot to do with our relationship with Christianity and the toxic impulses behind that. On and on and on. These problems are not small, and they cannot be fixed or changed just with an election. But it is very nice and relieving to know that, for the most part, this strange, ego-driven undermining of democracy that has been at work for the last four years is finally, at some point going to come to an end and we'll find a new and stranger reality ahead of us come January
Through the magic of numerology, you are hearing this particular broadcast on Friday the 13th. That was last month, actually. This month, it's pretty boring, I have to say. Since a lot of the things that have been pressing on our minds uh, this year were alleviated recently. Let's just say that. But there is an interesting sort of framing device at work here in that this is one of the rare instances, 2020, where we are experiencing two Friday the 13ths in the same calendar year. Most of the time, there's only one. The next two years are only going to have one Friday the 13th each. And it isn't exactly common to get two, although it is possible to have as many as three, like there was in 2015. That's neither here nor there, because 2020 is a little different in that the last time we experienced Friday the 13th was also essentially the day the world found out about COVID-19 and we experienced our very first lockdown. And it was not that long ago. Or rather, it seems like it was forever ago at the same time. And what is interesting about this particular break between 13s is that, well, it feels particularly unlucky for everyone and not just those who are superstitious. And certainly marking time in this way can provide some interesting insights into what's happening around us. For example, thinking about the last several months and thinking about how we responded as communities might help frame what really needs to happen if we're going to make it through to the other side of this. Certainly, the ideas behind how we proceed under these new COVID realities are certainly controversial and complicated and require a ton of money and intelligent people to implement precisely. Nonetheless, considering that span of time and what has happened within it, it is shocking to think that in the blink of an eye we're back to another Friday the 13th where these numbers are terrifying and Everything seems unsure, and certainly we have slightly new leadership on the horizon that might help, and some possible vaccines coming, but there seems to be a certain kind of fear around this particular Friday the 13th that rhymes with the last one in a way that is certainly worth taking note of. I'm not sure if anyone has any particular ideas about how we are going to get out of this one and how we are going to successfully maneuver between now and the next Friday the 13th or, for that matter, the rest of the future. 
we have this unusual ability to not want to listen to actual science and responsible leadership as a country. And instead, we often want to go for something that's quick and easy and offers us the most opportunities to have hamburgers and beer after work. But with this particular situation on this Friday the 13th, it's not meant to scare you when I say that we really need to start taking this a lot more seriously. In fact, we should probably be using that fear to motivate us. Consider this Friday the 13th not the year that you're afraid of cats or that you watch out for walking underneath ladders or anything like that. Perhaps this is the year where you redouble your efforts to stay home this winter. There's some wonderful Thanksgiving masks that are being produced, and there's so many excellent ways that you can interact with the world without leaving your house. And if anything, that should be first to mind this year on Friday the 13th, if for no other reason than the fact that we don't want our next Friday the 13th to be even more grim. While all of this is a lot more nerve-wracking than you probably want to consume at this point in the morning, let's kind of return to something that might actually be interesting with a little bit of 13 trivia. It seems as if Norse mythology and Greek mythology all have this sort of fear of 13s and things connected with it. The Middle Ages seems to have been the modern, kind of more Christian interpretation of that fear when we take a look at the individuals present at the Last Supper. But it has kind of transcended any religious or actual supernatural kind of concern and has moved into this other sort of realm where it's considered bad luck, which exists outside of God or ghosts or anything like that. It's a condition of the world around us rather than something that can be controlled or prayed to or anything like that. It makes sense, actually, that they might remove that kind of meaning from religion and from secular culture so that it can retain power in a way that secular worlds can't just explain away and that religion isn't necessarily dependent upon. There are very real phenomena connected to Friday the 13th. The rate of accidents do go up. People seem to make more and more mistakes. There's also a tendency to not want to do things on that day for fear of evoking some sort of problem. Who knows? But in reality, what all of this ends up coming down to is that Friday the 13th is a social construct. We made it ourselves, and as such, we respond to it 
in ways that lead to very real world outcomes. This is sort of like knowing the statistics actually affects the statistics, that kind of thing. Regardless, it's Friday the 13th. Embrace all of the silliness. Don't feel bad if you want to avoid stepping on cracks or if a certain color of an animal walks past you and you're a little bit nervous. You and millions and millions of other people all over the world share this and it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just one of those things that happens from time to time and fortunately for those of us who have science-based interpretations of the world around us, it actually means absolutely nothing. Well, this has sort of been a heavy episode. We're hearing it on Friday the 13th. It's been Veterans Day. A lot's been going on. It's almost like we need something a little light, something kind of fun, something to help cut the tension and give us, uh, I don't know, a little something to enjoy for a moment or eight minutes while we try to keep our minds off of current events. I wonder what that could be. Among the myriad of options that you have at your disposal of things to watch on the television, there is uh, something I'd like to draw attention to that sort of snuck under the radar. Among all of the other big things that were added to the HBO Max package so that whatever it is that you're paying extra for seems particularly worth it, a little item under the moniker of Looney Tunes was sort of snuck in uh, since they have access to the Warner Brothers package and all of that. And it's not well tended, at least it doesn't appear to be, and certainly searching around it is difficult and doesn't make a lot of sense. In fact, the interface on HBO Max is pretty abominable to say the least, and it's not a lot of fun to use, adding to the problem even more. And yet, what I found in this unusual section of the app contains cartoons I've never heard of, things I've never seen. The Looney Tunes archive sort of dumped in a way into this app and sorted kind of in an odd, not particularly sensical manner. And yet with all of these things kind of working against it, I'm able to dig into this incredible collection of cartoons going back to the 20s all the way through to the modern era. Things that I sort of vaguely remember watching in the morning when I would tune in to the Bugs Bunny and Roadrunner hour, the best hour of television that was ever devised by mortal humans. Oh, Rehearsing and nursing a part We know every part by heart Oh, 
mixed in among all these really well-known cartoons and others that uh, I've sort of heard of, I think. This unvarnished, unglamorous glimpse into the archive of Warner Brothers cartoons is certainly something to behold, because it doesn't actually omit anything. There's racist caricatures aplenty, all of these strange World War II propaganda films where Porky joins the army are just sitting there right next to the ones where he's building a house and having adventures with Daffy. It's, it's really a lot to take in because, well, it's something that we haven't really had access to before. Not this easily and certainly not streaming and not in this high quality. And... It is something that sort of speaks to this week, being Veterans Day, the number of cartoons that have pro-war messages, pro-military messages, pro-vet messages, is really astonishing. Especially given that so much of this was aimed at kids when I was growing up. And I guess that speaks more to the kinds of people that end up joining the military kids than it does to anything particular about the appeal of these cartoons. Know thy audience, apparently. Regardless, it is something that they do seem to update, but sort of haphazardly and with strange additions that don't quite make sense. You kind of have to go back through lists of things that you think you might have watched before because new things will just pop up randomly within it. And it's not exactly very keen on just showing you only new stuff. The interface, let me tell you, it's not good. But what is good is stumbling on a couple of cartoons that I haven't seen in over 30 years. And just really, really letting into a belly laugh. It's a sort of untold, uncharted secret of all these online apps that offer a variety of fun things for you to do while you pass your quarantine. And I, for one, enjoy having a laugh or two, especially on weeks when things have been pretty tough. And that's going to do it for us this week here on the program. Somewhere in between a radio zine at 11s and 13s. Issue 19 contained stories written by Austin Rich, including This All Seems Familiar, Friday, Friday the, 13th, the 13th, and Looney Tunes Review. This time of year, it's good to... Wait, what? It's already November? Are you serious? <sighs> like, I didn't do anything this year. How did that happen? Like, I don't even have an idea of what I'm going to do for Christmas this year. What, uh, yeah. what am I going to do? This isn't even going to work out. It's like 
this just keeps going on and on and on and there's just no way to get out of it and and this episode was produced by austin rich in the lava lamp lounge and was assembled using only the finest in 20th century technology in the long-standing tradition of mozines there is an open submission policy here if you have a story that you'd like to send in read or just want to be a part of the show why not drop a line to austinrich at gmail.com that's going to do it for us this week you guys are wonderful you guys are beautiful without you there would be no program be seeing you Oh